Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Happy Friday here on WGR. Welcome into the nightcap. My name is Zach Jones. It's been a wonderful week. Great weather, too. I do love late summer weather. You know, it's not the 190-ish degree area. It's good 80s, high 70s. Phenomenal weather. Great weather to do stuff late at night, early in the morning. The afternoons aren't terrible. Good weather overall. Late summer, though, means one big thing. Training camp is right around the corner, and it's even more obnoxiously right around the corner on this Friday. Because on Monday, rookies report to training camp. Kyrie Elam, Khalil Shakir, James Cook, plenty more arriving to St. John Fisher University now for training camp. To maybe the most anticipated Bill season ever. Definitely the most anticipated Bill season in my lifetime. By far. By far. But before we get too much into that, I do want to remind you, give716.org is where you can go if you want to keep donating. It's give 716 day. It's you know really days. And that ends at 7.16 a.m. tomorrow morning. It's still going on. You can still donate. I don't think we're at a million dollars yet when Shilton Bulldog... Uh, when uh, Bulldog and Sal went off the air, but we are very, very close to a million dollars. So if you want to go donate, it is give716.org. But back to the Bills. You know, truthfully, and I think this is why this season is so anticipated. I mean, of course, like this team is obnoxiously talented. But in that, there's really not a ton of spots on the team where you can sit here and go, ooh, that's an interesting camp battle. I can't wait to see which guy comes out as you know, sort of the alpha of that position group. There really is not a ton of spots there. Quarterback is settled. Linebackers are settled. Safety's settled. A lot of the offensive line is pretty settled. But there's a few groups that will have clear-cut position battles. And I want to go through those. I mean, we've got, we've got about 50 minutes here. We were a little late coming into the nightcap. we got about 50 minutes. I want to run through... I think three of the position battles, one of which I want to talk about sort of, you know, I, I preached patience a little bit yesterday with the Sabres. I'm going to do that again here with the Bills and with the cornerback's positions. 
But right now I want to talk about on the offensive side, the running backs and the wide receivers. I think that's where you could really see some fun position battles going on. Running back, of course. It's kind of it's kind of become a dirty word for Bills fans. Running the ball, running backs, the running game, what you know, whatever it be, it's kind of been a, a very big topic of discussion, but a very contentious one at that. Devin Singletary, his rookie year was a lot of fun. He was pretty good. He averaged uh, near some of the uh, most yards per carry out of any running back in the NFL. But then the Bills drafted Zach Moss in the same round they drafted Singletary not a year prior. And everyone thought Zach Moss would maybe overtake Devin Singletary. And it didn't happen, but neither were really impressive. And then this past year, it became kind of obnoxiously obvious that the, the Bills had a running back issue. That their best case and their best chance to run the football was with their 6'5 unicorn of a quarterback in Josh Allen. And in terms of longevity and sustainability, that is not the way to do things. That is not the way to do things. If you ask me with Baltimore, Lamar Jackson right now going through a contract negotiation, he should desperately want Greg Roman to get fired. Because if Greg Roman stays there, he is going to be run into the ground. Look what they're doing with his receivers. Like that's that's going nowhere. The Bills have acted almost in the opposite sense. They've they continued to fill the cookie cabinet with receivers and with uh, playmakers for Josh Allen. But these last, well, pretty much since Josh has gotten here, the best chance to run the football has been with him. And so the Bills continue to try to fix that. They've brought in guys like Frank Gore early on. Matt Burita last year that never really went anywhere, even though I was part of the the Burita Hive. I really wanted him. I really thought he could add a spark to the run game that we just did not have. A spark to the, uh, the screen game that we never seemed to be able to figure out under Brian Dable with his offense. But now they've brought in James Cook. Dalvin Cook's brother, phenomenal receiving back. Most would tell you, most scouts would tell you, he was basically a wide receiver lined up in the backfield, which to me is is just the best thing you could have said about a running back for this Bills offense. I mean, by far the best thing you could have said about a Bill for a running back going into this offense. If you can get a guy that has a screen game, plus some really elite breakaway speed, great hands, and can figure out how to run the football with a much improved running offensive line, that would be amazing. That would be huge for this offense. But then... What happened in the last month of the season? Devin Singletary seemed to find his groove, something we hadn't seen realistically since his rookie year. He was running hard. He was scoring touchdowns. He was really good out of the backfield catching the ball. Something that essentially had been nullified from his game since the AFC Championship the year prior when he had a big drop. Now all of a sudden, he was part of the receiving game. Zach Moss seems to be the odd man out. I think he is going to be somebody that may transition to a special teams role, if not even a fullback role, if block if his pass blocking can get much better. But right now, it seems to be between the second-round pick in James Cook and Devin Singletary. I think it's going to be a fascinating battle to watch. I think especially so once the preseason games begin, because we'll really be able to get to see what these guys can do, how they really look on the field. But that's one I am so excited to watch because I think that's always been the thing this Bills team has been missing. The Bills offense, for as great as it has been, there's no easy play involved in it. 
really go back and, and watch some of these highlights and watch what's happening. It seems like everything has to go right, and even some of the crazy aspects that happen have to go right. Josh rolling to his right and escaping a linebacker or a defensive end and slinging the ball 30 yards downfield for a receiver breaking open. Or, you know, when he throws the ball 25 yards down the field in a clean pocket, but there's really no yak. That's been that's been a, a huge, huge missed, you know, avenue for this Bills offense is there's no there's no yards after catch. They they have needed to fix that. They have needed something to 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 snap with this offense for that to happen. I thought Cole Beasley was phenomenal for this team, and especially Josh Allen in those years that he was here. He was instrumental in Josh taking a leap forward, taking the leaps forward. He did. He was that safety blanket. But the one issue Cole always had, and will always have in his career, and always had, he was never going to take a five-yard out and make it 25 yards. He did not have the speed, not have the agility. Realistically, he just wasn't getting open enough to where he had all this open space. It just didn't happen often enough. Sometimes it did. I'm not saying it didn't, but it did not happen enough. But now you have guys like James Cook who I think even if he does not win the running back one job, he can come in and immediately help out this offense. He can immediately be a legit playmaker on an already elite offense. But he will not be alone. He will be joined by guys like Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder, who both have much more burst speed than Cole Beasley ever had as as this team's starting slot receiver. But going back to the running backs and going back to James Cook, I think that's where... He can really, and I mean really, solidify himself ahead of Devin Singletary. Singletary himself did improve in the passing game. I already mentioned that the last you know month of the season going into the playoffs. And especially in the playoffs. He was phenomenal in that Chiefs game. But he does not have the pop speed Cook has. I think very quickly, very suddenly, this coaching staff is going to see that them just dumping off a five-yard out to an elite route runner, a guy with great hands, and a guy with burst speed is going to change the dynamic of this offense. Now all of a sudden these you know third and twos where Josh had to run it, he had to scramble to do it. They will have somebody that is an elite route runner that's in the backfield that can just take that five-yard dump-off pass from Josh. No real effort there. And he can, and he can fly up the field. What the Bills should be hoping for And what Josh Allen should be hoping for is that James Cook is basically just a diet version of Alvin Kamara. That is what their goal should be with their second round pick right there is Alvin Kamara. I think most of us would be stunned to find out Alvin Kamara has never had a thousand yard rushing season. He's also never had a thousand yard receiving season. And that is because he's so good at both of those aspects. He is used too much on either side. For him to ever dominate one of the other stat categories. He'll have you know 850 rushing yards. But he'll have 970 receiving yards. And a total of like 11 touchdowns. If James Cook can ever become that. This offense becomes. Something out of a fairy tale. There's nothing really close to that. Even look back at the Chiefs. During their near unstoppable era. You know about two or three years there. That they had that. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, you know, Sammy Watkins was in there. The running backs were really no names. You know, 
Jamal Charles was well gone, and Kareem Hunt was now in Cleveland. They had no-name running backs. Now, the Bills themselves do not have a Tyreek Hill. But Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis seem to be a pretty good one-two punch. And then they have Dawson Knox, who, no, is not Travis Kelsey, but he's a darn good tight end in a position group that is pretty shallow. There's not a ton of depth at that position. You can probably name the top five tight ends right off the top, and after that, it becomes kind of a rough group. Dawson Knox is part of that really, really good group. He has the elite athleticism and the ability now, and the game has clearly slowed down for him to where he can be a huge issue, a huge issue for defenses. But James Cook can offer something that those Chiefs teams never had. That weapon out of the backfield that can just take an easy dump-off pass and go. The Chiefs somewhat had that in Tyree Hill. They could just dump the ball off to him, and he'd fly. And James Cook is not nearly that fast. But if you have to deal with the idea of Josh Allen running, Stephon Diggs breaking open, Gabe Davis streaking down the field, and Dawson Knox in the middle of the field, there's going to be a patch of grass wide open for James Cook to just come up, peekaboo outside of the offensive line, and Josh can just dump it off to him. Devin Singletary is going to have a fight on his hands to hold on to that running back one position. He is going to have a fight. And I do think he's up for it. I don't think, look, I ultimately do not think the Bills will re sign Devin Singletary, regardless of how this year goes. He will have to have like 1,300 yards rushing and 600 yards receiving for them to, I, truthfully, even realistically consider it. This team, for as much as they have been in the, they're going to draft a running back in the first round category, they've never done it. They actively avoided it this year, and they took James Cook after trading back twice in the second round. They do not value that position as highly as some other people in the NFL. So Devin Singletary really this year is more competing to keep having a job in the NFL, to keep legitimately being a running back in the NFL, not getting you know relegated to special teams or to other you know avenues along with that. He is going to have to keep fighting. So James Cook, I do like as much as I am a big and I am a big fan of James Cook. He's not going to just walk in and get the job because I do think Devin Singletary in the last images we all have of him performed well. And now you have an added bonus of the Bills really improving their run blocking on the O-line. They, of course, bring in Roger Saffold, David Questenberry. These two guys were on the Titans. And what do the Titans do? Basically, the only thing they do well. Give the ball to Derrick Henry and let that man run. 2,000 yards two years ago, he was well on his way to 2,000 yards this past season before he got hurt. That offensive line is infinitely improved in terms of run blocking, which is, I think, going to really help Devin Singletary because at the end of the year, before we even got these guys, the run blocking had gotten much better. The offensive line had gotten healthier. And now they were able to really dig in grind it out, and really help out the run game. It was huge. So Devin Singletary is going to give James Cook a fight, and James Cook is going to give Devin Singletary a fight. But when we look at the rest of the running backs, Duke Johnson's also on this team. Duke Johnson's a fine running back, but I'm, I almost am worried he is going to wind up in 
the Maparita category, where I think there's going to be a ton of fans who really like him, really like what he offers, really like what he adds to this offense, but ultimately he's he's just never going to be used unless there's an injury. I think he'll make the team, but I don't know what else he's going to be you know offering. I just I just don't know. I think again he's a fine running back, but I'd be much more excited to see what James Cook offers because I think Duke Johnson is really just the diet version of that. And as we all know, the Bills wanted to add J.D. McKissick. And J.D. McKissick was really just going to be a receiver. He was going to be a receiver out of the backfield. That's how they were going to use him. And they signed Duke Johnson basically under the assumption that they were not going to get James Cook. That this was going to be their J.D. McKissick replacement. But now they have Cook. They get him in the second round. They're able to trade back twice to get him. So for them, they're probably, you know, the Bills, you know, coaching staff and front office are probably sitting there going, where's where's Duke Johnson's role on this team? He could play special teams. But the Bills could also likely be sitting there going, no, just offensive weapons, playmakers. Sal Capaccio has mentioned this a number of times when talking about the Bills in this current roster, and I fully agree with it. We have to stop looking at the Bills adding running backs and receivers and tight ends and just more of them adding playmakers. Them adding weapons. And I really think that's what it is. But Duke Johnson, as awesome as it was that he you know signed with the Bills, kind of ran into an issue that the moment the draft started and James Cook fell to them in the second round, his role kind of became obsolete. James Cook is cheaper. He's younger. You know, there's there's not there's no NFL tread on those tires. He can come in, he's fresh, he's completely moldable to the Bills system. Johnson's been around the NFL. Houston and Miami, just to name a few of the teams he's been on. So what is his role? Tywan Jones, I think he's absolutely going to make the team. I think that you know he's going to be one of their fullbacks along with Reggie Gilliam, or Zach Jones could, or uh, Zach Moss could also just wind up being, you know, a fullback on the team or a special teams guy. I think that's really his role. I don't, I just don't see him really being a running back on this team anymore. I think he had his shot for the last two years, and really he's just, he's never capitalized on what we all saw at Utah. He just never has been able to capitalize on that. But I think really the, the running the, the camp battle here is between the two top names, Devin Singletary and James Cook. And while I think to start the season, Devin Singletary will be running back one, I do believe James Cook is going to have a role on this Bills offense from the word go. And eventually, as we teeter towards the playoffs, James Cook will be running back one on this team. We're going to take a quick time out here on the nightcap. When we come back, we're going to talk about wide receivers. Maybe the most contentious group on this Bills roster. There are a number of names on this, you know, in this position group that could be losing their job. And also a number of guys who can solidify themselves on this team for years to come. All that and a little bit more coming up here on the nightcap on WGR, so stay tuned. Welcome back into the nightcap here on WGR. Happy Friday. Very excited always to get to the weekend. Very excited. Although I still work on Saturdays, so I don't... Does my weekend start Sunday? We'll say my weekend starts Sunday. So I got I got a one-day weekend, which, you know, not too bad. Hopefully the weather's good. Relax. Hang out. Sleep in. Always a good time. We're talking camp battles tonight on the nightcap. We, we went through running backs. I think Devin Singletary and James Cook, they're the main two names to really look out for. I think ultimately Devin Singletary is going to wind up as the winner out of camp of the running back one position. James Cook will be 
you know, his backup and much more of a in a receiving back role, but will eventually overtake Singletary by the end of the year going into the playoffs. But now I want to punch over to the wide receivers and we'll get to defensive backs before we get out of this segment. But for receivers, I think it's it's very interesting the way you look at this group. I was very bullish going into the draft this year of wanting the Bills to spend high to get a high-end wide receiver. That did ultimately not come to fruition. There was just so many receivers being taken off the board before the Bills could pick. And to be fair, I think trading up may have just been out of the realm of possibilities for them. It may have just been too expensive. But they ultimately come away with Khalil. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Shakir. Khalil Shakir was a fifth-round pick out of Boise State. More than happy with that pick. He has speed. He has good hands, good route running. He'll probably start his career as more of a slot guy, but could absolutely move into an outside role, much of the way Stephon Diggs did when he went from Maryland, also a fifth-round pick, to the Minnesota Vikings. It initially felt as though he would be a slot receiver and very quickly established himself as, no, he is an outside receiver, slot receiver, basically whatever you wanted him to be. But who I do want to talk about is sort of the guys that potentially could not make this team. I mean, the locks we know are Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, they spent a, you know, a draft pick on him, so I think likely for his first year he's safe. You know, Jameson Crowder. You know, those are the guys I really think are safe. Could also probably throw in there Isaiah McKenzie. You know, they did just sign him to a deal. They really liked, I really liked what they what he offered when he was in the slot position. But I think that's kind of where it ends. Especially when they brought a guy in like Tavon Austin, and he clearly, if there is that, I mean, he was the MVP of minicamp. I I did not find a single Bills writer who watched him that thought uh, Tavon Austin was just okay. He was a star at minicamp. He really lit up people's eyes, which was surprising because Tavon Austin, outside of college, has very much just been a clear-cut gadget guy, and now all of a sudden he comes in you know, this mini camp, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, he looks like a wide receiver. Where for a long time he looked like a return guy and a specialist. 
But who I think his job he could be taking is Marquez Stevenson. It's his second year. He was a rookie last year for the Bills, but didn't do basically anything on the receiving end. And that's where I that's where I do believe Tavon Austin could take over this position and could and could see Marquez Stevenson cut. We didn't see anything from Stevenson as a receiver. He had one highlight. A deep bomb from Jake Fromm against the Detroit Lions in the preseason. That was it. He never had a catch or a target at all in the regular season for the Buffalo Bills. This is coming from a team that the year prior the year prior Gave Jake Kumro a touchdown against the Broncos, and that was basically the only time he saw. It was the only throw he saw. He got nothing. Not a zip. That, to me, is a little concerning in terms of like where he's at. And Tavon Austin, he has you know, the pedigree. He has you know, a career in the NFL. While, yes, much of his career was spent being sort of a return guy, a specialist, you know, a, a sort of a gimmicky guy. Maybe it turned around. Maybe he's figured it out. And Tavon Austin has always offered elite speed and sort of a game-breaking ability. He's always offered that. Something the Bills' offense, as good as it's been this these past few years, has always been lacking speed. Stephon Diggs is not the fastest guy in the world. Gabe Davis is a great deep deep ball guy, but he's never been a speedster. Jamison Crowder's faster, but nothing crazy. Probably the fastest guy Josh Allen's ever had the ball uh, been you know been able to throw to is probably John Brown. And of course, smoke. I mean, you know, but that's probably the fastest guy. Taylor Austin can offer you a lot more speed. I think it's, I think it's a big reason why Isaiah McKenzie's going to absolutely make this team is because he offers speed. He offers that game breaking ability. You know, I mentioned in the first segment. You know, a thing the Bills have to do is make their offense simpler to run. There does not always have to be you know this high end. PhD level, you know, calculus to run it. They should have simple plays that can get chunk yards. And they seemingly have not really been able to do it because a lot of their guys, it's based off of working really, really hard to get open and then a freak athlete throwing, you know, dimes past two cornerbacks and a safety to gain five yards. I mean, it's, it's tough. That is a tough formula to continuously hit game after game after game. And we've noticed, we've seen the last two years, as great as these years have been, there have been times throughout the season where the offense goes stale. That it is not this unstoppable, well-oiled machine. It's pretty well-oiled machine, but it's not perfect. It can be better. And I don't necessarily think that's just, you know, they have to run the ball better or anything like that. I just think they need easier plays that when the chips are down, when things are falling apart, they can still get, you know, 10, 15 yards. I'm not asking for a touchdown on a broken play. Those, you know, those are a dime a dozen. But to get a first down, to get five yards when you thought, oh, oh, okay, I didn't think there was anything there. That does not involve Josh having to run his heart out. I would like to see that. Because as we saw with this team last year, they did not want to run Allen all that much. Until we got towards the playoffs. Really, the Tampa Bay game is when they really just, Josh, go win this game for us. They don't want him to run the ball as much as possible. I think if the Bills, the Bills offense and the Bills coaching staff, if they had their choice, he would run sparingly on fourth downs, 
goal line, and then if a play broke down and he's wide open and there's literally zero fear of him getting hit. I think that's where they'd be happy. But they haven't had those opportunities. And I think a lot of it is because, as great as the offense has been, there's not been the simple dump-off play. And this is where, look, Marquez Stevenson could surprise us all come camp. I don't think he will. I think Tavon Austin's going to take his job. I think Jameson Crowder is going to wind up as, as the team's starting slot receiver. McKenzie will become sort of a, a do-it-all guy, and Khalil Shakir will sort of find his role as he does. That leaves you know Marquez Stevenson sort of on the outs. That leaves guys like Isaiah Hodgins on the outs. The Bills love their draft picks, but at a certain point, I mean, Hodgins, we're all still waiting just for him to make a debut, just to see him on the field. And McKenzie, we've yet to see him catch a ball in the regular season. He had 17 games, couldn't do it. Couldn't see the field, couldn't, you know, sort of force the team to be like, well, we got we got to get, you know, Marquez the ball. Never forced it. And to be honest, you're probably sitting there thinking, well, he can, I mean, he can be a return guy. Tavon Austin, Isaiah McKenzie, in a pinch, Micah Hyde. He's got to beat out a few guys there just to be the team's starting punt and kickoff returner. And then you add on the fact that we drafted a guy in Khalil Shakir that did both of those in college. He has got a grind and a long hill and a, and a big hill to climb for him to make this team. And I just, I just do not see it. I don't see his role. Could he be a special teams gunner? I guess. But that seems to be more you know, Jake Kumro's role and Tanner Gentry's role. That they're the special teams guys. So where does Marquez Stevenson fit? I just I don't see it. I think ultimately the receivers you have on opening day is Tavon Austin, Jamison Crowder, Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie, and Khalil Shakir. I think those are the guys. Because then you add on the fact that you have O.J. Howard, Dawson Knox. And then for special teams, you'll have Kumaro and, and Tanner Gentry. Those are your guys. The tight end room also, you know, Tommy Sweeney could be in a fight. O.J. Howard, I think, has been quite a bit of a disappointment, but he could pull together. But ultimately, neither of them are competing for the number one role. That's Dawson Knox, clearly. I do want to transition to the defense before we hit our break, because I do want to talk a little bit about Kyir Elam. Is Elam in danger of not making this team? Absolutely not. He was the team's first-round pick. He's a lot of potential. Not even just potential. I mean, I think he can straight up come into this team and be a really standout cornerback. He's a Florida corner, though, so the team's going to have to work on tackling. It's very traditional to the University of Florida Gators. You know, tackling is not something they really heavily emphasize with their cornerbacks, and that's fine. But I do, and this is where you know I, I mentioned you know during our first segment, I, I preached patience yesterday with the Sabers. I'm going to do it here with the Bills and for a very specific player. I am worried fans will be overly critical of Kyer Elam because of the fear of where Trey White's injury is. It has been very radio silent on where White is in terms of his recovery. We don't know. Jameis Winston is all over social media about you know his recovery with his torn ACL. He tore it, I think, I want to say three weeks before White. He's been very vocal, but he plays a far less athletically demanding position than Tredavious. And so I do want to kind of be patient with Kyrie. 
Be patient with him. There will be days where he is getting torched. This is a talented offense. There will be days where Diggs, Davis, Tavon Austin, Dawson Knox, all of these guys are torching him. And there will be days he breaks on a ball perfectly and he picks off Allen. Or he's dominating the second team. There will be games in the preseason where he looks phenomenal. There will be games in the preseason where he looks bad. But be patient with him. I fully believe Tredavious White will come back perfectly fine. I'm not going to come out here and say better than ever. I don't, you know, I've, I've never torn my ACL, but the recovery looks painful, and I can imagine just coming back, you know, good enough is good enough for me. But he is going to, you know, Kyrie Elam's going to take some time. He is still a rookie, but I think he is an exceptionally talented rookie. We all remember that clip of him during the Bills Embedded episode where they, you know, they talked about drafting Kyrie Elam, and at the combine. He pulled out his notebook, and we all, we we all laughed and saw you know Sean McDermott's face at that, and kind of like you know he if he could there he would have drafted Kyrie Elam and just walked away. He he wouldn't even have shown up for the first round. He'd be like, "That's my guy, done." We won't, why are we talking to anybody else? That's the look he had on his face. So that's where, as much as he at times may struggle in camp, remember, and I think this is a thing you know some of us forget, and I certainly do. You know, as much as a draft junkie as I am, I do forget this sometimes. When when was the last time these guys literally got? You got to relax, have a break, recover. Last year, they go through the college season. They immediately go into the draft process. They have the combine. They get drafted. Immediately after that, they have rookie camp, then mini camp. Now, you know, a month later, they have training camp. Let him adjust. Give him time. Tredavious White will be back. I think back sooner rather than later. And I think Kyrie Elam is a very, very talented rookie but it will take some time for him to come along. But with that being said, when he does come along, this Bills team has never, under Sean McDermott, had a more talented secondary. I believe Jordan Poyer will play, even though there's you know he wants a new contract and all that. I think he's going to play. Micah Hyde certainly is going to play. White is going to be back. Now you have Kyrie Elam taking over that secondary corner position, which for basically all of Sean McDermott's tenure has been a piecemeal, kind of figure out where you want to go with that. We'll just grab this guy and kind of throw him in. And then every now and then, Levi Wallace would, you know, grab the role. But they never were sold on him. Clearly, they didn't pay him. He's now in Pittsburgh. They now finally have that high-end draft piece, which personally, I never thought they'd spend. I never thought they would spend a first-round pick on a second corner. Because, perfectly honest, the way they had treated the secondary corner position showed me why would they? It was undrafted guys. It was guys, you know, that were at the end of their career. Josh Norman. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, Dane Jackson, seventh-round pick, Levi Wallace undrafted. But now they have that guy. And then you add in the fact that Teron Johnson might be one of the best nickel corners, if not the best nickel corner in football. It's going to be a really, really, really good secondary, but you got to be patient with it. 
It's going to take some time this summer. But when it comes around, it is going to be beautiful. They were one of the hardest teams to pass on for basically all of McDermott's tenure. And now they've got two first-round picks in corners. They've got an elite nickel corner, and they've got two, I don't even want to call them underrated anymore. The NFL knows how good Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde are. That secondary is going to be amazing when all set, when it all is said and done. But we just got to be patient with Kyrie Elam and Tredavious White coming back from his injury. So I don't really think there's a huge camp battle in the cornerback department, but it's going to be a fascinating group to watch. How does Kyrie Elam look? Is Tredavious White getting close to practicing again? Where's he at on the field? Is he on the field? It's going to be interesting. Cannot wait. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, the Sabres announced today they've, re- they've signed all three of their first-round picks for the 2022 NHL Draft. And two of the three have looked spectacular during the development camp. The other one just hasn't been able to get on the ice due to injury. We're going to talk a little bit about that when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Quick final segment here on the Nightcap on WGR. Happy Friday. Heading into the weekend. I want to talk about the Sabres. They signed all three of their first-round picks. You know, It's not you know nothing out of the ordinary. A lot of first-round picks being signed. I'm just I'm so excited for this group. So happy the Sabres are starting to really develop talent. I know we're all worried about Ottawa. I mean, they're just that team is stacked. That team is very, very good. But they're really, really developing talent. And some of these guys, Yuri Kulich, who's taken 28th overall, looks spectacular. Fast, great shot, potentially a Victor Olofsson replacement in two years. Maybe. Noah Ostland. Looks great. And Matthew Savoy, you know, the one with the most potential. Sabres fans haven't even gotten to see at development camp just because he's been injured. He came in with an injury, likely wasn't going to play, but he's just in Buffalo to kind of hang out, meet the team, meet some of the young guys and all that stuff. But I will tell you, of the three, Matthew Savoy cannot play in the AHL this year. He has to either play with the Sabres or in Winnipeg, in the Western Hockey League. He's going to be playing in Winnipeg. He's likely not going to make the Sabres. I do want Noah Osland and Yuri Kulich in the AHL. They both look good enough to do that. And a big reason why I really want them to do that, as I mentioned yesterday, I believe the Sabres will be in on trades come the deadline. Because I think this team will improve enough to where come the deadline, they will be buyers. And if you get two of your first-round picks from this year in the AHL and they do pop off, like many are projecting, they potentially could. Yuri Kulich came in, and most people are stunned he was picked at 28th. Find any any Sabres writer that was there. He has been a star. I'm not saying you have to trade him. But if a big piece is out there, with him just sitting there, why not take a shot? you got to keep up with the Ottawas, the Detroits. And I'm fine that they didn't do it in free agency. But if you go through the de- trade deadline and just still stay pat, that's going to be painful. And another star, by the way, Devin Levi. Oh, I can't believe we're going to have to wait another year for him. He is spectacular. He is phenomenal. And he is absolutely my front runner. Of a, of a group of prospects I love, Devin Levi is my favorite by far. Because I, I think the longer we've gone on in this drought, we're not 11 years, it has become blindingly obvious that when the Sabres are good, when the Sabres are great, there's always a goaltender there. 
that really locks it down. And hopefully Devin Levi can carry on the Dominic Hasek, Ryan Miller sort of legacy. I'm not saying he has to be them, but it would be amazing if he could. That's going to do it for me on the nightcap. Happy Friday. Coming tomorrow, Tita Green, Sports Talk Saturday. Rookies report to Bill's training camp on Monday. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend here on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.